Thank you, Millie. Members of the ONUC Executive Committee, Presidents and Secretary Generals of National Olympic Committees, members of the ONUC family, ONUC staff, honored guests. It is truly a pleasure and an honor to be here in Fiji with the ONUC family. Our President Susan, Suzanne Lyons and Chief Executive Officer uh, Sarah Hirschland sent forth to the ONUC family their warmest regards and their greetings. Global engagement is one of our new organizational strategic objectives set by our leadership. And um, so they've set this, they've, as you know, we have new leadership from the last year and we've realigned our organizational objectives. We've really um, gone athlete center, national federation center, organizational development centered. And uh, the, fourth, uh, the, the fourth pillar is uh, global engagement. And uh, as we all know, engaging globally is the DNA of National Olympic Committees. This is what makes our movement so unique that we are all connected through sport to use sport to bring about hope, inspiration, and transformation to our societies and also to the world. There truly is no movement quite like the Olympic movement. And it is with this awesome mandate that we have Flip here today with us. We've had a close collaboration with ONOC for many years, and it was uh, recently, during a recent engagement with uh, Sainmili and uh, Jubilee, who were in Colorado Springs, that brought about the invitation of ONOC to, for FLIP to come over and do a workshop in Fiji, similar to what we did for the America's Best Practices a couple years ago. FLIP has a passion for the Olympic movement and for our nations which I'm sure has been evident to those of you who have already um, engaged with Flip. Flip rearranged his calendar in order to be here with you and even made it possible to be here with his spouse, uh, um, Susan Flippin, if you can stand up. <laughs> so Susan is the CEO of the Flippin Group. So we have here quite a power couple with us. And uh, also Colorado Springs-based Mitchell Lucero, who's responsible for corporate strategy and business development from the Flippin Group, who also uh, brought his spouse, uh, Tamara. I told them that if he's coming all the way to Fiji, he cannot come without his wife. <laughs> um, so Flip is the founder and chairman of the Flippin Group, which is one of the fastest growing educator training, corporate talent, and team development companies in North America. His first book, The Flip Side, Break Free of the Behaviors That Hold You Back, of which all of you have received a copy, is available in nine languages and became an instant New York Times bestseller, as well as making the CEO read bestseller list. Regarded one of the top thought leaders in the United States, Flip developed the theory of overcoming personal constraints. He and his team also developed one of the world's most sophisticated psychometric assessment instruments capable of identifying personal constraints and prescribing methods for changing behavior. His theories have been applied to professional teams, individual athletes, including half the quarterbacks on the NFL, Fortune 500 companies, and universities to help improve individual and team performance nationwide. With a heart to impact the next generation Another of the Flippin Group's focus has been transforming schools through capturing kids' hearts 
which is a teacher and student uh, training. And I found that uh, the first time I engaged with Flip, he, we were talking about all the you know, Fortune 500 companies and, and um, you know, working with the top athletes and quarterbacks. But then he, he spoke very, you know, he took a really long time to explain to, to me that if he's just affecting, if his company's just affecting the top, they're really not serving our society and that it's really, really core to their hearts that they are impacting our society. And that starts with kids who feel the self-esteem, who are treated with respect. And that really does change the way we all become, the way we all grow up and the way we think of ourselves. So that was, uh, I thought really shows uh, the heart of FLIP. And I, I appreciated always sharing the side of it that, uh, that they're at the top, but the, the, their heart is to really impact a, a, new, a new generation coming up. Uh, Flip and Susan were named Ernest Young Entrepreneurs of the Year, and the Flip, Flippin Group was voted the number two best company to work for in Texas. Flip earned a bachelor's degree from Stephen Austin State University and a graduate degree from Texas A&M. The first 16 years of Flip's professional life as a psychotherapist were spent working with gang kids. In the, process he in the process, he built an outpatient at-risk youth in a 500-acre residential treatment facility for boys in College Station, Texas. Flip and Susan live in College Station, Texas, and they have helped raise 20 children. Almost, uh, Terry's almost there. <laughs> uh, please uh, join me in giving a wor warm welcome to Dr. Flip Flippin. I think my mic is on, and I'd, I'd like to stay down here if that's all right. Bula. Now, you know, being in Texas and being a rancher, I'm fourth generation Texas ranching, and we always just say howdy. Uh, but somehow it just doesn't sound right here. <laughs> and uh, Melly, where are you? Is he here? Did he have to? There he is. Oh, my gosh. You've become such a dear friend so quick. Uh, if y'all have not been hugged by Melly, you know, I'm just under 6'3", about 215. When he hugs you, your whole body gets hugged. <laughs> it's beautiful. And Millie, where are you? Did you? There you are. Oh, my gosh, I adore you. What a good time we had yesterday. Thank you so much. It's such an honor for us to be here. Um, I did want to make a comment about uh, my wife and I. People tease us because we have so many children. And, uh, you know, when you have 20 children, you, you really become a professional parent, Terry, you understand, right? And I wanted to go ahead and tell you the two secrets that I think every parent should know about parenting, because if you learn these two things, you'll be very successful. It's how to use Benadryl and a taser. <laughs> yeah, see, I knew you would catch that. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I wanted to, uh, simply because of of our love for children, which is immense, and, uh, and the fact that my entire life I've spent uh, investing in people who other people say, those people, those people, those people. I would hear them say, those children. In our country, uh, when we begin working with uh, impoverished populations or children that come out of uh, very difficult situations, I would hear teachers say, 
those kids, I would hear administrators, I would hear the court, I would hear other people say, well, you know, those children, as though there was something wrong with them. And, and so it's been our passion and joy to watch those children become the most amazing people you could ever imagine, which to me is really what you guys are about, if you'll stop and think about it. You're looking at young talent, and you're taking that talent, and you're putting it on the world stage. You're surprising the entire world with what people can do. I see athletes today doing things that in my wildest imagination I would have never thought was physically possible. And they're doing it year after year after year. My wife Susan, I get tickled. She is so not a sports fan. <laughs> this is the wrong place. <laughs> and when the Olympics are on, I cannot get her to come to bed. It's like, honey, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. And she said, yes, but watch what's next. And so in our home, we live for the Olympics. We really do, you know. So what a joy. So I, I thought, uh, where's my little clicker? Amy, you've got it. I just thought I would show you something that we've just enjoyed beyond imagination. Let's see, will it play? I really want this video to play. It'll play. Sounds good. But you see what's happening, even without the sound. I mean, it's incredible. Who are these people? Who are these people? I'm asking a question. Who are these people? Isn't that beautiful? Come on. Isn't that beautiful? Listen, you know, I just, I just love this. I love this. I've watched this so many times. And, and of course, this, this is what we see on the field. But it leaves me wondering, what's behind that? I mean, what's behind that? How did that take place? I mean, who the heck are these people? Where did they come from? How did they do these amazing things? And then you see more. I reckon the sevens tournament has made you one now. Australia, the gold medalists in the women's. VG are the gold medalists in the men's. A stunning day at Deodoro Stadium and an historic day for Fiji in Olympic Games competition. Feel it? Please, do you feel it? 
What do you feel? Yes, thank you. Absolutely. What do you feel? What do you feel? Yes, immense pride. Immense pride. When I first saw this video, I had no idea what they were singing, but I knew everything they were singing. I did not know the words, but I knew everything that was being said. There was praise, there was honor, there was worship. They were celebrating the sacrifices that they had made together as a team to stand on that stage before the world. And I will tell you that most of the world, if you had said two years before, Fiji will take the Olympic gold, please tell me who would have believed that. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there you are. Yeah, and you see, that's, that's really true. That is really what it takes. You know, it's, it's almost as though, in one sense, Bannister burst through the four-minute mile, keeping in mind that as an individual, nobody's ever run a four-minute mile. They've only run that as a team, drafting things that we know now that are quite amazing. And then immediately after that, so many other people did that so quickly. And it is tied to... Did anybody ever believe Fiji would take the gold? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what happened? Because I, I personally believe that the very first thing that has to happen is you really have to believe that this is possible. Now, now I'm curious, is that enough? Is that enough? So what I want to talk to you about today is about personal constraints. And I want to tell you where this concept came from and what we did with it. Um, you know, there's, uh, there are a lot of people today, they're saying, play to your strengths, play to your strengths, play to your strengths. And I certainly agree with that. There's no question about that. But I'm going to submit to you that there is a level at which you play in your life. I'm at that level. Many of you are at that level. If I said play to your strengths more, you're not going to get a 2% improvement. You're already playing to your strengths as well as you possibly can. And so what would you do, stay up later? I mean, what else could you do, work a little bit harder? And so what we started looking at is where are people stuck? So if you, if you just graft it, you know, most people, they're born, they grow, they die. <laughs> I had some friends, they peaked in high school. <laughs> Did y'all get that? You need to get this. Listen, I'm used to speaking with, in black Baptist churches, and somebody says amen somewhere in there. But, so, well, you know, they peak in high school. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, but, but as we're growing, the challenge is, is, is could I find something that's holding you down? If I could find something that's holding you and keeping you from being your best, and I broke through that constraint, I would get a jump in performance. And so as we begin to build our behavioral metrics and start looking for constraints, because I was interested in behavioral constraints. I was not interested in the athletic constraints. That's, that's not my field. I, uh, I can take you to guys that can teach you how to throw a football or throw a baseball or to go over a hurdle or to swim a lap or to do a turn. And there are people that they're very good at that. That's not what I do. I'm interested in what are the behaviors what are the behaviors that are keeping you from superstar performance? And if I could find those, break them, there would be a jump. So we went to IMG, world's largest sports agent management marketing company, 
Mark McCormick, who became a really dear friend prior to his death. And, and we started working with some of the elite athletes in doing that. Now, let me show you. Here's just a concept of this. A personal constraint is a behavior. It's actually any behavior that holds you or the people you influence back. The question is, is what are those behaviors in our lives? So if I asked you right now, like if I asked Millie, because yesterday we had fun looking at your data, didn't we? We did, didn't we? Yes, and for a small fee, I will share it with all of you. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know, Millie sitting here saying, you know, I, I want to be better. I want to be better. So the question is, is what do you go to work on? Now, if you're an athlete and you're in, let's say, uh, uh, let's say that as an athlete, you're, you're uh, a track runner and you're trying to figure out how to come out of the blocks faster. You're going to have a coach who's going to look at you and say, here's your position and here's where your foot should be and here are the tight cleats. And I mean, they're going to go through everything that is possible there. And so the coaching has got to be very specific. Well, when it comes to behavioral constraints, if I asked you what's the number one leading constraint that's holding your behavior back right now, could you tell me? Now, here's the trick. If you can't tell me, then no matter how hard you want to be better tomorrow, odds are high you won't be working on it if you don't know what it is. You see, if you have the wrong diagnosis, it doesn't matter how good the treatment is. So if I'm saying I want to be better tomorrow and I get up in the morning and, I mean, I don't have a plan. I don't know what to work on. And so that's what we're looking for. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today. So... Oh, now, now I love this. <laughs> this video, well, you'll see. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me. And I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head. And it's relentless. And I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. No, see, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail. See, you're out. not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just. Sometimes it's like there's this achy, I don't know what it is, and I'm not sleeping very well at all, and all my sweaters are snagged, I mean all of them. That sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Come on, Ow. if you would just- Don't 